yeah, I like have two podcasts. I produce like two live shows at least monthly. And then I do my own shit plus TikTok plus Instagram. And when it comes down to it, I'm like, I have to have a consistency of like scheduling or else I will have a panic attack. Consistency. Yeah. That's what we need is just consistency. Consistency. It's just like, like a, a kiss to me. Uh, you can be the kids to me. What? Intimately. <laughs> intimately uh, kids to me. I said intimately. You are literally my consistency. And I would like a kiss from thee. Oh. The lips are so drippy. With what? And I would like to take a clippy. A boomerang. You can be my thing. I'll put you on the grain, eh? And make my little grain, eh? Uh. You can be my grain, eh? Grammy? Granny to my kids. <laughs> Granny to my kids, kids, kids. Great granny, that's how it is. You can be my, you can be my, you can be my lady at night. You can be my lady, sleep tight. Don't you have to worry, I'll be back. I'm just gonna get a little something of that, a little snack that. Looks like you, but it's ice cream. Oh my god! Looks like you, but it is ice cream. So cool. Yeah, the song didn't make perfect sense, but I know you and me. Hey, we make perfect sense. Mmm. <laughs> Pay the rent. Mmm. I need you to help me with the rent. <laughs> Sugar baby, like ice cream, sugar baby, and I'm lactose intolerant, so I should probably not be having this shit. This is something that I gotta get rid of in the toilet or fart. I said I'm lactose intolerant, baby. This kind of stinks, but I would like to kiss you on the pink lipstick on your face. Baby, your lips make me wanna taste ice cream. 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 That's so fun. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me is my co-host, Tana McDonald. It's me, your boy. And, the, <laughs> and our froggy producer on the wheels of steels, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey there. Gang, gang, gang. Welcome back to the program. Tana, you had, uh, it is, well, it's a little after Valentine's Day by the time this comes out. But uh, you had a uh, very busy Valentine's weekend, fully booked. So booked. The most booked. 
<laughs> this is the facial expression that I just made with that it was hilarious, but we can touch on that later. Um, no, God, I was just talking about this with Sarah, uh, Sarah Huntington. We were talking about just like, how the fuck does anybody do this much when they don't like, I can't wait to not have a day job. Same. Oh my God. Just like back to back shows. I can't imagine doing two shows a night, three nights in a row. Like what an insane sane feeling that would probably be. I'm so exhausted. Like, it's a good thing. Like, I was smart each, like, so I had a show Friday with Mandy McKelvey headlining in Muncie um, at Indie Craft Room, which they, man, they are so fucking nice. And they got really dope tacos. And I, I take that kind of seriously, so I appreciate them. Um, and then the second show was in Louisville um, at Fall City Brewery. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, that place was fucking dope. They were, they hooked it up. I got free cookies. Mm. I got like really nice wine. Jeal and, jealous. I always wanted to go there. It's really nice. Like it really is. The 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 staff is really lovely. Um, again, Mandy headlined, and they that whole audience was so ready for comedy, which I just genuinely so my energy was up. But I knew to like take a nap prior. Um, and then Sunday. At a show again with Sarah Huntington because we had it Saturday together with Mandy, and we had um, Deanne Smith headline that one. Um, that one was good, a little lower energy, I think, because mostly it was a Sunday. Um, mm. But it was every show I did this weekend was sold out, and that was a very beautiful feeling. I'm just like, oh my, oh God. yeah, nice job, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I didn't do anything, but like I love, <laughs> like it was. I know for a it's fact, it's nice to show up to a nice sold out show. It is nice to show up to a nice sold out show. And each show I got free food, free beer and like got paid, which was, it's like to nice, it's nice to be at a point of professionalism where like, oh no, it's okay that I asked for money. And it's nice that I get paid like for my, for my art. Yeah. I forget that I have, uh, I, I have three jobs. You have three fucking jobs. I have three jobs and I forget that sometimes because for me, the money was always like, at first was always like, well, it's just, that's uh, just a little nice icing on the cake, especially if it's like uh, an in-town show where you're getting like 10 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever. It's just like, yeah. oh, that, that's nice. But you know, I've gotten some decent paychecks from doing comedy and like, or like do it working a weekend and just yeah. like, oh yeah, this is work. This is a job. This is, I'm doing a profession. Like this is at a point where now I have to start accounting for it on my taxes, mm -hmm. um, which is a weird feeling. Cause I have to start keeping track of my mileage on my car. Um, which I'm not good at right now. Right now I've just been taking pictures of my mileage before and after shows. Like, uh, so when I get like before driving to the show and then when I get home. Yeah. So I'm trying to get, I'm going to make a spreadsheet later. Yeah. Which, there's, they have a, uh, uh, well, we don't, we could talk about this after the podcast, but they have some really good apps for that, that I know of that ooh, people, yes, please. people use for, uh, I literally was about to make an Excel sheet on Google. Like uh, I was, nah, nah, girl, we got the technology. We have the technology. Yeah, it's 22. We live into the future. Oh, I bet we could do it also on like TurboTax or Mint. Like, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I didn't even think you about that. I mean, you could put your uh, adding machine hat on, the little green visor. <laughs> oh, my God. I do have a lamp for that. Like, so um, I, my day job, I'm a dispatcher for a mechanical company. And we all have to use lamps because kind of where my section of the office is, we're like kind of in a basement. We have a little bit of windows. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely a troll. But we all have to bring our own little lamps. And one of my team lead she has one that's like the green shell lamp it's like this beautiful like old 70s like i'm checking my bales today and modern yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's gold and chromish and a little rusted and i really love it so you said uh i asked you earlier you said because you are uh married 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said you do not celebrate Valentine's Day. Nah, dog, I don't fuck with it. I just don't. I think also because, like, it probably comes from, like, years of bitterness when it comes to it. Because I think there's a lot of unwarranted pressure for anybody. And especially if you are somebody, like, where you're in a one-sided relationship where you put in a lot of effort and someone doesn't give it back. Uh, yeah. I'm a little bitter. But, like, never had a bad Valentine's Day with my husband because we've never celebrated Valentine's Day. Like, we were friends prior to getting married. And I'm like, yeah. yo, dog, I don't fucking do that shit. He's like, that sounds nice i'm sounds like nice. that sounds fucking nice we can it, be nice to each other on another day just like bitch are you fucking lucky i'm here existing <laughs> like we're fine my biggest great uh my big, i don't think valentine's day should be in february uh i, I don't think, think february is a terrible time to have a love day well it's the time when people need warming for cucking. I mean, what was it? <laughs> is it cucking? <laughs> whoopsie. Whoopsie. For cuffing? Is that what you consider warming? <laughs> yeah. Two things that happen in February that do not make sense to me. Just like, first off. Black look, History Month. Thank you. <laughs> Why is it a shorter month when we have overcast? That just feels really fucking mm. shitty and rude. And also, we're going to throw romance to overshadow Black History Month. Get the fuck out of here with that. No, I really do not like Valentine's Day. I will, I will say, so I think stupid. Valentine's Day was there first, so. <laughs> Shit, was it really? <laughs> yeah, I don't when, think Valentine's Day is as new. It's as a black, pagan holiday black, black that we've ruined. Month. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think Valentine's Day should be like, uh, there, there's. Like a um, May or April time. So there's like no holidays in June, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, Juneteenth. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's better than taking over all Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't make it on Juneteenth. Well, what if Black History Month was on June instead? And hear me out. Valentine's Day be, I feel like it's more of a springtime. So either May or April. Yeah. But yeah, and I guess there's not too many holidays in May. We got the race around here. But Cinco de Mayo. And Cinco de Mayo. When's a Hispanic uh, Heritage Month? I don't know. I, I should know, but I yeah. don't. Real quick, when Dyke had asked me, he's like, oh shit, I forgot you're married. You're going to have like, like, do you have Valentine's Day plans? We can postpone this. I was like, nah, our wedding, our wedding anniversary is on 420. We're extra enough. Like we've done oh, yeah, enough. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I just pictured Daryl in the background just saying nice. Uh, Yeah, I feel like I don't, uh, Valentine's, like I don't like, I didn't wake up today and be like, ah, it's Valentine's Day. But uh, I feel like I have a lot of bad Valentine's Day memories. Like, I feel like uh, I was in one relationship where I feel like there was this this added pressure that Valentine's Day had to be perfect. And it always it always ended up turning into a fight. And then it was just like, this is worse than a regular day. Right. I'll give you this Valentine's Day. You know what I really like? I like discounted discounted chocolate. And also sometimes there's really good deals on like food places. There's always like a fucking Groupon for something. I was thinking about this today. Uh, I used to be kind of a curmudgeon. I don't like holidays where I'm expected to do stuff. I like I like the the chill holidays like like uh, fourth fourth four twenty for Fourth of July, Halloween, uh, St. Patrick's Day stuff where like no one's expecting you to do stuff. But you um, do it because you want to. Do it because you want to. But now as as I, I'm podcasting more, I get excited because now the uh, the the holidays give us a theme. Yeah, and then I get more into it. Like yesterday, we like we did Love Bowl on uh, Heart of Brunch. So fun, and it was just like Valentine's Day, Super Bowl, and I'm like, I don't care about either of those two things, but right. like because of the podcast, commercial, it was fun. Yeah. right? No, it's a real thing. Um, anything like 
that you're selling something, whether it's entertainment or like products, like, dude, we love a fucking holiday. I don't give a fuck about Valentine's Day when it, except when it comes to comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll do all the Valentine's Day themes. I'll put on my heart themed sure. outfits, looking like a cute little hoe. I don't give a fuck. It was fun. I made uh, I made uh, virtual uh, Valentine's Day cards and sent them out to everybody. I love it. I was it. like, I feel like like uh, I'm in grade school again. Like this, it this was, is fun. I actually really did enjoy that. I was like, look at this little cutie patootie. How many cards did you get for people? Enough to party. I mean, they were digital. I don't know. I just sent them all out. There's a lot. It was a lot. Nice. Lots. I would have. Locks. It would have been a, uh, difficult to mail that many out. It would have taken a long time. Also, I forgot who I sent them to. So I was like, I didn't want to like say anything to anybody. <laughs> be like, where's my card? Why do I feel like that's the equivalent of the guy who's just like single on Valentine's Day? He's like, I'm just going to send this text message out to all my exes and see if anything bites. Well, what I was afraid of was when I sent them all out and then I and then I got high and then I was like, what if everyone thinks that they're the only one that got a card from you? <laughs> like, oh, like, like what person's like, <laughs> did Dyke just send me this? Like, and no one else. <laughs> I didn't think that. So you're good, maybe. Well, at the show. So I brought a uh, about like a Valentine's Day box of chocolates to everyone who was on the show on Friday, who was on the flyer. So I brought one to Kyle for running it. Yeah. You know, uh, Mandy headlining uh, and then you and uh, Nolan. And, you know, I got I got a ride with Kyle. So I gave him one in the car. And then when I got there, uh, you and Nolan had come together. So I gave you guys at the same time. And then I kind of like awkwardly walked up to Mandy with my valentine. And then she's sitting there with her date. And I was just like. Uh, this is this is for you. <laughs> like uh, this is and, for you. Yeah, I look like a, a lost, lovelorn boy who was just like giving her a one Valentine's, of the many boys that are in love with her uh, in front of her. You know, gentleman suitor there for the evening, and I was like, <laughs> I, I wanted to be like, I gave one to everyone. It's not just for her. <laughs> that is a there is a weird line of like men to like women relationships, and I hate to be that generalizing, but it is a real thing where men. It is, it is very difficult for anybody to kind of be friends with ladies because without coming off like you're hitting on us. We're just like, I swear to God, this is platonic. I got invited to go to dinner the other night. And in that moment, I was like, do I need to tell him I'm married? I feel like I mentioned it enough. I feel mm. like I mentioned it. It's, um, yeah. Ugh, it's a weird time. Yeah. And like, I, I think too with comics that we're all just kind of... Um, like, I don't know, like, we're, we're very familiar with each other, like, especially, like, when you're, like, f you know, friendly with people and, like, the jokes are flying and stuff like that. And then they're, like, regular people come in and you're like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a real person. Like, I probably shouldn't call Tana, like, a diarrhea head in front of her. <laughs> like, her husband may not like that. Or even, like, yesterday we had uh, our producer's, like, partner sat in on the episode. And I was just like, it even got in my head. I was like, man, because I was like, I tease uh, Zach a lot on the show. And I was just like... Kind of like teaser. I was like, All right, do I, I, do I look like a bully in front of you? Know, <laughs> do like, I look like a bully? Like, like she, oh, she, yeah. she knows this is all a joke, right? You know, but like we we do have those different dynamics as comics that like mm -hmm. when normal people come around, you're like, eh. Eh. is everything okay between you guys? Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's a big reason I probably don't bring, I mean, Justin doesn't come out to my shows anyway because he's got his own shit going on. But uh, like, I mean, I never really want a significant other to come out to this is my space. These are my friends. You don't need to see, hang out with them and our weird vibe. You know, like worlds collide, worlds collide, worlds collide. I don't know. I just never really think about it, especially like Justin's one of the first people I've, I was with 
where it wasn't an obligation for him to come with me to shows. Like, I'm like, no, you can just stay. He's like, that's fine because I don't want to go. I'm like, perfect. I don't want you to. No, I've definitely had boyfriends who would be like kind of weird about how much dudes I hang out with. I'm like, okay, well, they're fucking everywhere. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I I think, I think, I think dating a comic in general takes a strong person, but I think, Maybe maybe even a little more dating a female comic. Yeah. Just because, like, the ratio of dudes that a, a woman's going to be around doing comedy is... It's, it's, it's skewed, you know? Yeah. It's, it's different. Like, it's just one of the things you have to be pretty secure in yourself and be aware of the fact, like, especially if you're dating any comic, whether male or female, there's like, this shit's going to come before you a lot. Like, there's a lot of comics I've recently talked to. I'm just like, oh, hey, your girlfriend isn't around. Is she, like, did, where's she at? Like, they're like, oh, no, we broke up. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. Why? They're like, she doesn't like that I do this all the time. I'm like, oh, that sucks. It's a rare thing to have somebody be cool with the fact that you're out, on, like, majority of the week. Yeah. Or you, I see it a lot the other way, where there's, like, a comic who's really funny, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I haven't seen so-and-so for a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, they got a girlfriend. Oh, yeah, they got a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then R.I.P. Yeah, dude, I definitely was on that like moment for a little bit before Justin. I like would date somebody. I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm like, no, you're just fucking and you're wasting your energy. You could be writing <laughs> jokes right now, dummy. <laughs> it is well, it is one of those things where I think it to a certain point comedy is not it's like sometimes I'm like, man, I've definitely had this thought of I, something good happened to a comic and I'm like, I'm glad for them as a person. Like, good for you. But, but I'm sad for them as a comic. You know? like, good luck getting booked, loser. No, we and don't like, think that. Oh, they're so happy. They'll never make it. <laughs> I, I hate thinking that, but like, yeah, I think I write better. Like, I'm doing pretty okay. Like, I definitely have some personal stuff going on. I'm a human, but like, everything's super good right now. And I'm just like, hey. I can write some jokes if I truly believe, but I got the right amount of sadness. Just the right amount. You got to have just a little bit. Got to have a little bit in the tank. Guys, <laughs> uh, we have an amazing Valentine, post-Valentine's Day show. Um, we got a great interview with Micah Fox that Tenna will not be a part of <laughs> because of time travel. <laughs> I can yep. still hang out. Uh, and um, stick around with us. It's going to be a banger. Banger. Woo! Discounted chocolate. Hello. Hello. Hey, Micah. Welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you're also on the line with. Uh, oh, getting a. Uh, you're also on the line with my produ- uh, my co-host and producer Thaddeus J McKee. Hey. Yo, what's up, Thaddeus? Hey, we met at the White Rabbit. Oh hell yeah! Yes. Was that the COVID super spreader event where everybody got COVID afterwards? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Wait, which, which place is the White Rabbit? Uh, in Indianapolis, the the holiday party. Oh fuck yeah! Okay, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. How's it going? <laughs> we have White Rabbit in New York too. So, I was, but I haven't been there in years. I was like, it could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did get COVID after that. To be honest with you, yeah. Didn't you get COVID after that, Micah? I did. Yeah, I got it on Christmas Day. For all I know, I had it that night. Maybe I'm, the, maybe I was a spreader. Maybe I was a recipient. <laughs> I remember specifically. I was like, man, I'd really like to go. That lineups looked awesome. I was actually really excited to watch you do stand up, but I was out of town, and I was like, ah, maybe you know, uh, maybe it, maybe it was good because uh, everybody got COVID. 
<laughs> I know, right? Well, only the, I, I mean, did the audience? I know, like, all the comedians did, but. Oh, yeah. I got it, like, two weeks later anyway. It didn't matter. Everybody got the Omicrons. Uh, yeah, Welcome to the program. I've been uh, I've been a big fan for years. I started watching uh, the Roast Masters about six or seven years ago, and man, you were one of the most uh, uh, hilarious, brutal uh, roasters I've ever seen. And uh, oh my god, thank you! Watching actually like watching like you and Karen Feehan and that whole kind of cast of characters, it got me into just like watching like New York comics and kind of knowing like New York comics that weren't like household names. I was like, Oh, who's this guy? Who's this person? And now I'm uh, plugged into everybody's podcast and you know, whatnot, but uh, it all came from the roast. It was the, that was the, the gateway drug. God, that, you know, that really makes it all worth it because when we were working on them, we're like, you know what? I'm writing all of these fucking jokes. They're not going to be on TV. They're only going to get used once, you know, half the time they end up in, you end up in misery anyway, cause you're fucking bombing. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, so it's it's nice to know that all that work actually paid off in getting me one fan. Yeah, one. Yeah, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know who Louis J. Gomez is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I apologize for that one. Oh my god. Um, so well, <laughs> uh, we are uh, native Hoosiers. We're um, Indiana-based uh, comedians. And so we're responsible. We we sent uh, Tim McLaughlin to New York, so we apologize for that. Uh, you sent him? Yeah, you, we, you kicked him out? No, he was he was the best of us. That's that's how bad the state is. We sent oh, we God. sent New York the best of the best. <laughs> and that's why now I have to pay two thirds of the rent on my apartment. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to apologize for that one, but he no. he did set a good precedent. Like now we all know what to do when we go to New York or LA, we find a successful woman and then we just cling to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to do the slow con, make her, make her think you don't need her. You know? <laughs> I think, I think you're doing everything right. Like you're doing everything like a traditional guy would do, but I think it's time for you now to upgrade to like a younger, dumber model. Right. You want to know the boyfriend I had before Tim was that? <laughs> oh, just a show pony. That's a, show pony was exactly what I called him. <laughs> he liked it until he didn't. He liked it until he believed it. Oh no! But then, then there has to come a point where you're just like, do I like hanging out with this person? Do I like being around this person? Yeah, I know. That's the part where Tim tricked me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> He's too fun. He's great. He is great. He I've learned a lot of a lot of good things from him. Uh, I also uh, you get you have a great podcast, the Great Hang Podcast. Uh, I don't know. Have you guys? I I feel like you guys are like the millennial uh, Bonnie and Voss. Yeah. <laughs> are you the person who um, said that on our reviews? I probably was. Yeah, that was probably. <laughs> I was like. I heard that before, but maybe it's from coming from one source. Um, yeah, that's well, funny. I'm either a lot of people are saying that, or Dyke just keeps writing that everywhere. <laughs> well, you know, I'm friends with Bonnie and Voss, and they're like, "Stop ripping us off." But I'm like, "No." <laughs> if it works, works. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's great. Now what? And the only is, uh, I'm not going to make Bonnie's mistake and marry my idiot. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just or wait for him to be successful first, at least. <laughs> what a what now? What because you work like in TV, like you're like outside of just doing stand up. Like you're a professional. Uh, like what do you do? What what's the, your meat and potatoes job? Well, I guess I'm a sellout. Um, I uh, I work for Comedy Central, writing and directing branded content. Nice. That's great. And, uh, Does that get you teased yeah, because you because you're a successful person that has a job in New York? Teased by by who? <laughs> by less successful people? Who cares? That, yeah, that, uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you know, kind. I mean, not really. Like, I don't actually talk a lot about it because I don't want people asking me for things, and because it's advertising, I don't really feel like it's super brag worthy. Um, and I just don't want them asking for money. Oh sure, uh, but it I I don't know I think it's really cool what and you uh, direct what what have you directed recently There was something I thought you were attributed to recently that was like oh that was really cool. Um, I I did a uh, piece like in conjunction with the Daily Show starring Dulce Sloan, mm. um, and so I did something like that. Oh. I've done a few things for the Daily Show, like that. I also directed a show that they had on Comedy Central called Stupid Questions starring Chris Stefano. Oh, nice. Do you so, like do you like yeah. ri- writing or directing better? Like, or is it just kind of all comes together? I mean, I like writing the most out of out of anything. You know, directing is just like a quick cash grab, and I like the power. You know, it looks good to say I'm a director, mm-hmm. but you know, like I didn't go to film school, and um, if I never directed another thing in my life, I don't think I would feel like my career was over. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. That said, if you have something you need directed, <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll do it. Uh, so we 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 talked to a lot of comics, um, kind of in lockdown, and that's actually how I started reaching out to New York comics because no one was doing anything. So yeah. everyone was just like, "Yeah, I'll do your Indiana podcast. I don't care. I'm crying in the middle of the day on my couch." <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we talked talked to a lot of people. Uh, when the world was shut down and it, it's seemingly to uh, start spinning again, uh, what what are you doing now? Like, what do you enjoy doing now? Like, like things are getting kind of back to normal, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, I settled into like a new routine. I never stopped working. I was I was fortunate enough to like never not have a job, and so I've been working from home every day. You know, which I love. They're going to make us go back to the office, I think, soon. And I'm trying to figure out, like, any kind of scam I can get to not do that. Yeah. Uh, but, and, you know, shows have been up and running now. It feels like for a year there was, like, a, a small dip for Delta and Omicron. But, you know, I've been getting as booked as almost I was before the pandemic. So life is, feels pretty normal for me. Thanks. That is awesome. What was this show? You were doing a you were doing a show with uh, Mateo Lane, like uh, like some sort of oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, we started um, a monthly series where uh, we screen a terrible movie and then sit on stage, you know, mystery science theater style, and just riff on it, roast it, be rude. Um, we've got one on the twenty second. We're going to be uh, doing Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, nice. So that should be really fun. Uh, Mateo is like so talented. So it's really fun for me to just sit there and witness it. Yeah. (laughs) 
How how did how did you guys start? How did that start up between you guys? Like a few years ago, we were in a green room joking about the movie um, Twister. You know that one with mm. uh, oh yeah Bill mm. Paxton or Bill Pullman and uh, Helen, Helen Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, and um, we were talking about how we both like loved it so much, despite it being like just such an awful movie. And we kept joking about like one day let's let's like screen it together and roast it. And like, um, at some point this summer, I just kind of I was like, you know what, I really want to fucking do this. And we just made it happen. And, um, it was so fun. We decided to like keep going and doing other movies as well. Now, would you, do you consider yourself like a, a workaholic? You seem like a really uh, busy and driven person. You know, like I could see from the outside how it looks like that, especially when you compare me to someone like Tim who doesn't have any, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, or, mo- or most comics, you know, but um, I, I think I, I consider myself to be very lazy. I hate to work. Anytime, like, anything new gets dropped on my plate, I'm like, God damn it. Anytime I see I've agreed to do a show or a podcast, I'm like, God fucking damn it. But, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like, I keep doing it. I mean, does that make, does it make you a workaholic to, like, work in spite of, like, oh, yeah. Real, I, like, the workaholics don't actually have to enjoy the work. I don't think that's okay, a good. prerequisite for yeah. it. You just, you just yeah. Uh, I mean, I have definitely have lottery fantasies. You know, a lot of people say like I never stop doing stand up. I think I would. <laughs> I think mm. I think if I won like the lottery, I I don't know what I would do. Maybe just I think I would keep doing podcasts. Uh, you know, I I do love doing that. Now you're a you're pretty New York based uh, comic. Do you? Uh, on any kind of regular basis, do you ever get to get, go out and tour or hit the road or anything like that? Not on a regular basis at all. No, you hit it on the head with New York. Like, I don't have a car. I don't even have a driver's license anymore. Um, and so it's hard to, like, set that kind of stuff up, you know, especially considering I'm not a headliner. Mm. And you can't, it's hard to become, a, I mean, now maybe more than ever, like, if I had got some TikTok break or something, I'm not on TikTok, but you know what I mean? Like, um, without having someone to drive me around. Yeah. Um, it's sort of difficult. Um, so no, like I do the odd touring show, but it's not like a regular source of my time or income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? What do you got? You got a gig for me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, you know, I, uh, I, I'm so like the helium comedy clubs. A lot of times they have like the, the upstairs rooms and mm-hmm. they're they're like slightly smaller rooms but i think they usually like you sit like 60 people or whatever but i think they have a lot of comics like i don't know it's weird now because like i think i think headliner in new york and la has a little bit difference than well, somebody might be called headliner out here you know i also think there's like a baby headliner like you could be like oh i'm a headliner uh you know, and then you're in it eight to 10 years or something, but then there's someone that's been a headliner for 30 years, you know, that's like a real draw and is actually selling out places. Uh, But, but I I think sometimes that, that headliner term is also like someone who has successful podcast or someone that could just sell seats, you know, it's just like, Hey, you're funny and you can sell these out. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll book you at every helium across the country, you know? Yeah, and I mean, that's, I think that's ultimately the goal. Like, I'm not trying to tour my way into being a headliner. I'm just trying to succeed my way there. Mm-hmm. You know, so with yeah. the podcast, with, I don't know, Twitter, I guess. That sounds pathetic, but because it's not stand-up. But, 
you know, that's where I'm thriving. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think you're doing all the right things. I mean, definitely, you know, I've known about you for quite a long time and I don't know if I've ever seen a full stand-up set, but I've seen you. No, I, always, I always never post my stand-up online. It's like my, it's the next frontier. I get really like precious about what goes online. Cause then it's just out there. Like, you know, I think if you, if I had really thought about the roast being online, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have done as many of them. I'm like, I'm actually quite camera shy. Mm. So it's good to sort of like be forced into it. Like the roast did, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, no, so, go ahead. Sorry. I cut you off. Oh, just like I see Tim posting comic stand up clips and I know everyone's doing it. And I'm like, now that it's just shorter moments instead of full sets, like, I think that's the next step for me is to start posting those and reminding people that I'm out here slinging jokes every day. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I like that some comics have been posting their uh, bombs recently. Uh, yeah. It's enjoyable. I, I kind of have an opinion on that. I feel like, you know, it's not funny unless I've seen you kill. Yes. You know? oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you have to be an, estab- you know? an established comic or you're just uh, <laughs> telling like, bad jokes. Yeah, you can't act like it's the rare time you bomb when I've never seen you do well. <laughs> unless, unless you're like a Neil Hamburger anti-comedy type, you know? Yeah. yeah well, I'm at it. If you're a newer comic, stop posting your crowd work. It's, it's oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> Little- so embarrassing. So much crowd work where it's just like, hey, where are you from? Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. I've been there. And it's like, where is there a joke coming? You know, you have to follow them up. Oh. You have to follow up with a joke. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, so you're in New York, like, a, a lot right now. Like, and for Indiana comics, like, New York is, like, definitely the mecca of the dream. Like, we, we want to <laughs> go out there all the time. Um, and it's, like, always brought up in conversation. Like, you can't really talk about comedy and then not mention anything about New York. Um, are, like, are you constantly, like, looking out sometimes, like, what, for, like, new talent, or, like, like is there something that sparks you for, like, comedians? Because like, you see comedians all the time. I'm just wondering, is there something that you look for in, like, a, a new comedian out there? I mean, I don't know that I'm looking for a new yeah. comedian. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but, know? yeah. I'm, like, I'm not, I don't really book comics. I have a, I have a stand-up show, but, like, mostly I just like to book my friends, you know? Sure. Like, I'm not, like hunting new talent per se, but like, you mean when I see new talent, like what sparks my interest? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, any kind of original perspective, if you actually make me laugh, you know, Sure. like I'm, I'm easy, you know, I'm not like, Oh no, nobody knew, you know, you have to put in, like, if you're funny, you're funny. And, um, I'll remember your name. Yeah. That's cool. Like sometimes, like sometimes people like like get like turned on like more to like politics or or like a lot of times people stay away from those. I didn't know if there's like any genres you're like, oh man, like when people like can get get into this subject. But I, I think it's like yeah, if they if someone can reveal something personal about themselves and still make it really funny or like if it's something that I've been particularly yeah. frightened about talking about and didn't even realize I was and they go into it, um, yeah. you know, something that'll impress me for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there, because uh, I know obviously you make a lot of dark jokes. Is there, is there any any time that you're like, oh man, like I, I've I've crossed the line, or you feel like you've gone too far with the joke? You know, me personally, no. You know, like I'm just I'm just trying to be funny. I don't think anyone should take what a comedian says very seriously. Like I don't think 
comedians should be the subject of anybody's ire or, you know, anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, no, but like if I've authentically upset people and it wasn't funny, like I'll probably scrap the joke, you know, mm, it's yeah. got to deliver, it's got to deliver on the comedy or, it, you know, it's gotta be more funny than it is offensive. Always. Yeah, absolutely. I like that question because it could have gone the other way. Like, yeah, I, I do have a joke <laughs> <laughs> that I'm currently getting canceled for right now. And thanks for bringing I mean, it up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I kind kind of, you know, like I like I have this pedophile joke. I don't really tell it that much, just because, you know, in a stand up set, you only in New York, you're working with like ten to fifteen minutes, sure. you know. Mm. And so, like, they're like, do I really want to spend my time potentially making this audience hate me? Yeah. You know, like it's for like a longer set when you have like a chance to bounce back, or you you trust that they're going to stick with you. Yeah, you get to gain their trust a little bit more before you start dropping the hot pedophile material. That's right. There's a time limit. Absolutely. Well, Michael Fox, thank you for your time. We appreciate it so much. Uh, where can people find you and follow you uh, on social media and all that? Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This was really fun. You guys had great questions. Um, so any social at Michael Fox, M-Y-K-A-F-O-X, and make sure to listen to my podcast, it's in the Glossal. Uh, great thing with Mike and Tim, you can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. She's also a great follower or a great follow on Twitter. So go check her out, guys. Bye. (laughs) Thank thank you, Mike. Sorry. Hey, Dad. What up? Hey, welcome to the drunk dial, man. How you doing? Doing good. You are on the podcast with. The one, the only, Dyke Michaels. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing well. And Tana McDonald. Hello, Monsieur. Hey, how you doing? It's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so, man, it is good to talk to you. Listen, from the 260, from Fort Wayne, we got mm-hmm. Jamarcus here. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling real good. So how'd you land? Because you just uh, kind of recently went out to LA. How'd you land that gig? Uh, well, I did a Stewart Packard last year, and because they were anonymous and they were looking all over the world for writers, I submitted one, and it I made it to the finals of that competition. And they liked my writing so much, they didn't want to hire me for that, but they wanted to send it to an executive. And so I sent, uh, I sent, they sent my, my, uh, pilot to an executive over at Disney and they read it. And in like three days after I sent my pilot, I had a meeting scheduled with Disney. That is the wow. most beautiful thing ever. What a, like, it's such a, a, a significant thing. Just like, Hey, the thing you created, I like that. Really money. Thank you. <laughs> no, was oh, this yeah, a- it, was, it, was dope. it was like, they, they, they just wanted to have a meeting with me because my pilot was so crazy and they wanted to like meet the person who wrote it. And so we had the meeting and then they were like, man, we like this guy. So they started telling people they like me. And so next thing I know there's, I'm having a meeting with like uh, an executive producer of how I met your father and yeah, you know, like that. And he's telling people how much he likes me. And the next thing I know there's agents calling me like, Hey, we heard these people like you. They're probably going to start paying you to uh, write. So you should probably pick an agent. And so I picked one out of the ones that was supporting me. I picked the manager 
And then a couple of weeks after I picked an agent and a manager, they set me up in an interview and was like, hey, you're probably not going to get this job. They only hire six-year-old white dudes. <laughs> I was like, all right, bet. And then, but I still, I like the show. I love the show. I already watch it. And so I was like, bet. And then uh, I, I did the interview and it was, you know, it was with Gina Yashere, one of my comedy heroes. And it was with Al Higgins, who I wasn't familiar with his work. I thought I wasn't familiar with his work until I really looked him up. Mm-hmm. But I knew his brothers. Okay. And I didn't even know his brothers, but I knew of his brothers already. And uh, I did the interview. And then a few hours later, my management hit me up and was like, hey, you got the job. Wow. It feels like all of this, when it happened, did it feel like everything was in like fast, like, for, like fast forwarding? It was just so fast? Well, I had worked in factories for 17 yeah. years in Indiana, mm-hmm. so it didn't seem super fast. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like all that con- like constant communication, especially going from like a regular day job, and then all of a sudden like talking to people like, hey, I like your stuff. Okay, now you need to get an agent. Now you need to go do this. Like, I feel like I, I probably would be in a panic, and you seem very calm, cool, collected. I'm very much in all of that. Well, it's not that. It's just like, uh, most people are aware of their purpose, even if they don't pursue it. They know what it's supposed to be. They know what they're supposed to be doing. They feel it in their heart. There we go. Oh, you know? That's yeah. so beautiful. So, yeah, I'm just saying, like, that's the truth. And so even though I worked in a factory, and I was cool with, like, never becoming a writer and never moving to L.A. and never doing the stuff I always wanted to do. It was cool with that because I'm a parent. And I love being a dad. That's my favorite thing to be. So I wasn't like tripping about not living my dreams. And I, there were still dreams. There were still things I really wanted to do. And if I saw an opportunity to do it, I was going to do it. Doing this, what I'm good at doing, or not good, but, you know, capable, I know I'm capable of doing, is better than me risking my health and my life and my, you know, my well-being every day in a factory. So I'd sure. rather risk it. Doing, this is less of a risk to me than losing an arm in a factory. Yeah. If, I, if I lose the fish, I lost. And that's okay. If I lose an arm in a factory, I wasn't supposed to be in that factory anyway. <laughs> that is so, so wonderful. There's like I like all that pos- I like a good positive story. I'm just like, oh god, yes, thank you. This seems like it could be its own sitcom, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, going from a factory to Hollywood to become a writer. Oh, Hollywood people definitely seem to think so. They get super. You should see the look in their faces, and when because every single meeting I have is somebody like, you should just write a story about your life, and I was just like, fam. I don't want to, I live my life. I don't want to write a story about my life. I want to write about aliens who want to fuck. <laughs> That's what I want to write about. I don't want to write about my life. My life was, you know what I mean? Like, not that I had a worse life in the world, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. He's like, I'm already here. I want something weird. Yeah, I want, I, I want to write the cool weird shit. What, what, uh, what uh, things about, anything about moving to LA and starting that career What's been like the weirdest thing that's tripped you out about your your new uh, you know position? Oh my god, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. Like the moving to LA part is definitely the um, the cold. It's much colder in LA than I thought it would be. Not during the day. During the day, you got to wear shorts and a t shirt and shit. Yeah. But at night, it's like thirty degrees cooler than it is during the day. Mm-hmm. And like my second night out in LA, somebody told me they were just like, "Yeah, it's a desert." It's hot during the day and it's, it's cold. And I was like, oh shit, it is the desert. Yeah. So that's yeah, been the most sense. surprising part. And how whack the comedy scene is out here. It's not very good. <laughs> what? Well, it's a lot of people yeah. that, like, 
I want to be a comedian slash actor slash director slash, you know, Instagram, you know, whatever. And that's that's what I'm saying. I just want to be a comedian. I I love writing Mm -hmm. and I I love acting too, you know, and I'm sure I'm, I would love to do that, but I really love just telling people, I make, I love making people laugh and telling them that's what my purpose is. So like to see people so nonchalantly choose it as like a third backup plan to some shit that didn't work out Mm. because they just kind of roll around here doing whatever they want to do is, you know, it's good for me. I get to come in and do my thing and be, you know, a Superior. little bit more polished than people on the bottom. Yeah. But <laughs> it's still, I was just, I thought it was going to be cutthroat out here. I thought it was going to be really like doggy dog, mm-hmm. you know, competitive, like really like, like really make you better. Yeah. It is. You know what I mean? Steel, sharp and steel type shit. And it's just not, not nothing against the comics out here. They just, you know, they're not as focused as I thought people would be on comics. Mm. Because okay. it's very saturated with people who have a thousand things going on in their head that they want to do. Yeah, even when you run into a writer, it's like they're a writer, but they, you know, they 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 turn it into a book first. But then they thought it should be a play. Then they thought it should be a movie. Then they thought it should be a TV show. It's just like, yeah, or maybe you should have a second idea. <laughs> <laughs> what you know I mean, like maybe maybe that wasn't the one. Maybe you know, maybe like this thing you thought was like just super super funny or super super smart or whatever or smart and funny maybe it's not maybe you should try something else maybe you should decide what it is before you endeavor into it right has uh going out there um you know with you 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 said you have you've secured representation has that helped you at all in getting better like comedy spots versus just going out there cold (laughs) no really let me tell you, it really hurt my feelings because I got to like the fourth or fifth largest agency in the world. I'm with APA. Mm-hmm. And it really hurt my, it was like, what? Like for real? Because I hit him up. I was like, hey man, I'm not trying to do these like bringer, uh, you know, two minute pay five dollar, you know, yeah. fucking shows. Like I'm not trying to do that. Like you put me in front of the booker, I'll do the rest. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not asking you to give me a spot or nothing. I need you to just get me in front of the booker and I will get me a spot. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Oh, we can't get you in front of any bookers. It's like, Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad I'm paying y'all so much money. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. It seems like it would behoove them to, uh, to help accelerate that if process. Could, I think if they could, they would have. And that just helped me realize like they facilitate meetings and they help, you know, get, make sure your money is right. And they help mm-hmm. make sure you get paid. But, they can only facilitate what they have connections to. And if, if their primary goal is to get me working, writing on TV and I'm doing that, then mm-hmm. they've reached their goal. And they will check in with me when that shit isn't an option. Uh, I see. So it's like, they're kind of happy with what you have right now. So they're like, all right, we'll they're see absolutely you next. Happy. They're getting paid. You know, I'm not going to rock the boat. We work all year. We only get six weeks off a year. Mm. So you know, everybody's cool. I just would also like to pursue a comedy career. I wonder if it's a big thing. A lot of bookers were like, they have like this weird understanding with like agents. I'm just like, Hey, no, no, no. Don't push comics on me. We talk to so many people. I bet it's a I lot of that. Know. Cause there are so many bad comics that I see <laughs> get a lot of publicity. I'm just like, <laughs> how is this? And not, not like, like local comics here are getting on shows with like huge things. And it's just like, if they don't have connections, then, then I just need people to see me then. Yeah. Because, <laughs> This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. And I don't mean to say like I'm always the funniest person on stage or always the funniest person in the room. You know, never. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying like just I should it. feel like I'm in a competition with these people. Mm. For sure. 
Yeah, and I think I don't know. Most comics I I know are pretty have a pretty good level of self of self awareness about like. I mean, I'm pretty honest with myself when I when I suck, and I'll, I'll say when I did a good job. And like, I also know like when I go out and I, because like, I mean, I feel like Indianapolis is a pretty strong scene, and I, I definitely notice like sometimes when I'll go to other cities, I'm not I'm not gonna say which cities, but sometimes I go to other cities. And my stuff is hitting so much harder. And I'm like, well, I didn't get five times funnier. I think this scene just, Indianapolis is a really strong scene. Right. We really are. Fort Wayne scene yeah. is a little bit different, too. Because, like, you were you were rocking in the Fort Wayne scene for a while. and Well, just for, like, seven or eight months. That, that's the thing. Like, I, I just started doing stand-up not even two years ago. Oh, wow. It was a year, a year and a half ago in October. My little brother died October 4th, uh, 2020. And uh, I, I had always promised him I, if he found an open mic, I would start doing it. Because, you know, I've always been telling jokes. And even, we would even write jokes together, even though we had no outlet for him. We were just writing things we thought were funny. And um, he died. And then two weeks later, I saw a flyer for an open mic. I had never saw one before. I would have gone. Man. And I saw a flyer for an open mic, so I started going. I never stopped going. Wow. How are you going to tell me that this wasn't going fast for you? You've had so much happen <laughs> in the last few years. That's when fucking nuts. I tell you how, when you have been spending your entire life as the funniest guy in the factory, right? People tell you all the time, you should be a comedian. You should be writing. You should be doing this stuff. And you go, yeah, I know. But instead, I'm building plastic tanks in Indiana. And then one day you get an opportunity to do it and you actually take advantage of the opportunity. And then things start to happen. You don't feel like this is a wild, crazy thing. That should mm. everybody's been telling you your entire life. Every person you met has been telling you your entire life how funny you are and how you should be doing comedy and how you should be right. Right. This I, is an eight mile this story. Right. To me than I spent seventeen years in a factory. Right. I almost don't like even airing this story, like for the comedians that are listening to this, because it's like it's, it's gonna give too many people like hope. Such unrealistic expectations. <laughs> For like comedy, like oh, I'm gonna start, <laughs> I'm gonna follow my dream, and then two years later, I'm gonna be talking to Jay Leno. Um, but like, yeah, that was like, cool too. He was cool. But but like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, this is your story and it's real, and so we, people could fact check. I I'm telling everybody right now, listening, go follow this man. Um, he is funny. I, I follow him on Twitter, and I always get a good laugh. So like, you get to see it. You're funny in person too. We had a good time hanging out. Oh man, that was a, that was a crazy night. That was a crazy night. Uh, we we had uh, different comedians jumping off stage what? and then going back and forth at each other that night. Were you yeah. in a mosh pit? Are you sure it was a comedy show? It was Fort no, Wayne, man. <laughs> Fort Wayne gang. <laughs> oh my god, Bruh, This whole story, like, no, like, I understand why a bunch of producers are like, we need to make money off this story because it is eight mile to like and like. Well, geez. I also have twelve children. That helps with my motivation. I have Shorty. seven girls and five boys. God yeah. damn it, write a book. I, maybe. Maybe <laughs> one day I'm not today. I'm bu- I'm busy writing scripts today. <laughs> so you're you're currently writing for a sitcom. Is that is that something like did you grow up watching sitcoms and Man, I grew up I grew up uh, I'm one of four I'm the middle child of fourteen kids. Oh wow. And so I grew up like my I but I was also one of the ones that like needs the T V to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Needs the t- you know what I mean? Needs yeah, something yeah. like painting my brain so I can get some rest. Mm-hmm. And um, so I lived at my granny's till I was like 10 years old. And like at my granny's house, I had my own TV and my own toys and all of that shit. So I'd just be over at my granny's like watching everything I wanted to watch, like Nick at Night, Binge and Nat, mm-hmm. every single sitcom. I had a schedule set up. 
for all the stuff that comes. Like I watch everything that comes on TV. So you were kind of baptized in this in the sitcoms. <laughs> He knows what he's about. No, that's a real, um, I always really appreciate people who like really just, when you notice the art form when it comes to sitcoms and then you kind of just like, that's where your goals are at. Ooh, it's so nice. It's nice to see. Yeah, plus, I mean, people, and seriously, it's so weird to me because I'm so clueless and this is my first endeavor into like this world. It's so weird to me that like movie writers or like screenplay or like uh, stage, like, uh, you know, stage um, playwrights, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, TV writing is garbage. It's like we make great money and we do. We make people laugh. Like, what the fuck? I work all year. I make people laugh and I make really, really good money. Like I make seven times what I made last year building plastic tanks in the factory. Oh my god! There it is. Yeah, there is. So, <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, work, I, I don't understand what people like look down on network television. Is just like, oh, like I don't know what y'all are up to, but I might like get syndication. They don't do syndication on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's you know uh, people get snooty because there there's rules to play in the sandbox. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you got to play within this format, yeah. and you got to you know watch. You can't use certain language or whatever. But yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous to be above it. It's usually people that also probably can't cut it. You know, most mm-hmm. of the people that are oh, the biggest. You don't even know this dude. This dude was talking to me. He was on like Clubhouse. I was. I had my friend Willonius Thatcher. Is uh, he's uh, like huge on Clubhouse. He does the comedy room and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this dude was on there. I was in the comedy room with him just talking. And dude was like, I just couldn't do uh, network television. I just couldn't write for network television. Like, oh, you're a writer? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, where do you write? Who do you write for? He was like, oh, well, I, I've never been in a room, but I just couldn't do network. I'm like, oh, okay. You're lying. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that is. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah. If, they offered you, if I told you right now they had an opening at my job, you'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and you are right, though, about like the formats and the rules and like yeah. being inside, mm-hmm. but they do you a frame to work in and there's a billion different things you can do inside of that framework you can do it any kind of way you want to do it that's why they like my pilot it followed the rules but it also within the rules it went nuts mm. so you know, make sure you put your voice into it you know make sure that you are really um, putting your personality into it like the things really, you love i mean like really the thing that the thing that makes you you should be all over your your scripts because that's the only thing they can't reproduce they can't fake they can't make up. Wow. They can't. They can't. Steal, nobody can steal your idea and make your script exactly the way you were going to write it. This ain't gonna happen. They can steal your idea. Yeah. But if you were going to write it in such a way that nobody else could come close to that, they can't do that. That is awesome. Uh, I don't because of this, and I don't want to call it an overnight success story, but like I guess rapid success story that yeah. you have here. Uh, have you had any uh, family members crawl out of the woodwork uh, all of a sudden now that uh not out of the woodwork but I had I had a sibling that I don't even talk to anymore and she made sure to go out of her way to like DM my kid's mom like hey you should ask for more child support and oh, the thing was I had already talked to her and I was I had already tripled her child support she was getting a month whoa so it was really just my sibling just being very petty and not knowing what was going on with me because I don't talk to her anymore yeah, Man. that's some that's some that's some uh, some uh, gross behavior. There's some hater well, stuff right there. People people show you why you shouldn't fuck with them, and then if you keep on fuck with them and they keep on doing the same thing, then it's your fault. That's right. If me and you walk to school every day, right? Me and you walk to school every day, and every day you try to trip me. <laughs> the hundredth time you try to trip me, I'm, I, it's not your fault for trying to trip me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My fault for walking with you to fucking school. Why am I walking you with you to school and every day you try to trip me? 
Yep. Yeah. You have a way of like, and it just kind of shut, like describes even more why you're a writer and you're doing successfully. It's you have a certain way of analogies and describing things that I just eat the fuck up. It is very specific. And I just, Oh my God, look at you. You just thriving. Now be careful. Most people who think that I'm funny like that end up pregnant. Letting you know if your weakness is funny, man, you're you're in a terrible spot right now. I feel like that's a problem with most comics, just like as a funny person, just like everyone does I'm so sorry, everyone falls in love with me. Oh no. I'm telling you, I'm six foot three, you know what I mean? I'm in relatively good shape, like, you know. Uh if you had any advice for uh if you had any advice for any uh young writers that were writing or trying to make submissions and stuff, uh, what would that be? It really would be to make sure your voice is in there. Nobody okay. can nobody can steal your voice. Nobody can copy you. Don't get disheartened by the word no, like shit, man. I, I had to tell my my new bosses, like anything, any kind of criticism you give me is not going to hurt my feelings. Not the way, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. would expect it. Yeah. I had football, I had a football coach standing on my stomach talking about my mama while I was weeping like a baby. You know what I mean? I was twelve. Yeah. So oh, is he if is he in jail? Feeling. Is he in jail or is he is he still doing? No, he was just a football coach in the nineties. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> in the nineties, <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you. No, my dad was like over there, like yeah, mm, boy, we got to toughen him up. So. <laughs> Man, Indiana football, people don't know. Yeah, take it very seriously. Indiana not playing. It ain't all the way up like Texas, but trust me, they take that shit pretty seriously up there. Yep. yep. Yes. That is awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much for being on the program, dude. Uh, I, man, thank you for having me. I'll, I'll come back anytime, man. I love to talk to y'all, especially I, if I manage to sell one of these pilots I'm working on. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's good to see see what you're doing out there, and you keep inspiring people, inspiring me. So we uh, me. we appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet everybody else, and good to talk to you again, Thad, man. Again, thank yeah. you for having me on. Hey, real quick, where can people find you and follow you on social media? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at JT Comedy Official, and also Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter if your if your stomach can take it at, at Mr. Marcus Two Six Zero. Hey, hey, hey all right, know. let him know. Well, thank the you, brother. To your guts, get on my Instagram. <laughs> hey, you know, be careful out there. It's, it is it is dangerous. Though. <laughs> Have a good one, Papa. Thank you so much. You too. Yeah. Bye.